What's up, everybody? We are we, we watched the Oscars. <laughs> that was a thing. <laughs> that they happened. I mean, they gave out awards. Um, I mean, shout out to a a, a wonderful British gentleman who is asleep. Um, <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> and probably living his best life. You know, I mean, I feel like when that happened, all of us wished we were probably we were taking a nice nap, getting some I, shut eye, and feeling better. I'm definitely living my life by what would Anthony Hopkins do at this point. He, I know people would be mad at him, but he's just doing him. He's just like, I'm old. I can't go to this shit. I'm like 85. I think what it proves in life is that you should be <laughs> king of nine realms, not one country, if you want to win an Oscar. Because clearly, uh, bigger is better. Colin's <laughs> rolling his eyes. <laughs> I had to make the terrible MC uh, analogy. All right, let's jump into the categories. We brought Coho back. Um, he may be a little bit more salty about some things than we are. I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little defeatist <laughs> about what happened. I'm going to bring been, the optimism. I've been fighting people all day about it. I, I think there's like 90,000 really bad takes to make off of a certain result. Yeah. Who are you fighting? Who do you come across? All I speak to is 12-year-olds, and they do not know what happened on this Oscars. <laughs> They're like... Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the question you should ask your twelve-year-olds if they've seen any of the movies nominated for the Oscars for any category, except well, animated. Have, take, take animated out. There, Let's see if any. I, I have shared with you that that the the true legacy film of this generation um, of twelve or thirteen-year-olds they're going to just complain. Why wasn't Baywatch nominated? Until they nominate <laughs> Baywatch, it's not a ceremony for me. I like how their favorite movie is uh, just truly horrendously bad comedy. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I mean, it has Efron and The Rock. Let's talk categories. Um, we had a bet. We'll, uh, we'll tell you about that later. Um, let's start off with a category that was um, not interesting in terms of what happened. But, like, I feel like we can all feel good about this. Yeah. Daniel Kiluyo won Best Sporting Actor. Everybody predicted it. It was pretty much a lock. And, um... He's a really talented actor, and he won an Oscar. So you know, no, no, nothing bad there. We're not happy enough. This is, is I'm going to connect back to this point where we focus so much on the negatives, but when it, it's so expected, we're not happy enough because it's so expected. So we either got to be happy for the surprises or be really happy for the expected ones that are great wins. We should be just as joyful for Daniel Kaluuya winning than we are negative about other outcomes because this is a great thing. He's a great actor. He's going to have so many awards. He's. Oh, yeah my age um so i i'm hoping to get mine next year and i can keep up with him um but right now he's ahead Derek clue fucking terrific he should have won for get out also like this is an interesting this award looking back now you can look at all of them together is really the start of the run of movies that were released in 2021 did really really well like there was a very very clear like the movies yeah. that the people, the movies that took advantage of the fact that the Oscars allowed them to be released into February, really took advantage of that, and were out there being like, "Hey, you saw us two months, you saw us a month and a half before you voted on these Oscars," and like some of those other movies you saw, you know, seven months ago. So it's it's an interesting trend that I don't think any of us talked about when we were doing predictions was the idea that twenty twenty one movies would really just would really like take a step up and perform in a way we didn't expect. Um, I believe, jumping ahead, I believe the yeah. only one that won a big eight that wasn't released in 2021 was Promising Young Woman. Yeah, the father's 2020. No, Atlanta's 2020. No, they're 2021. 2021. US release dates. 
I mean, I'm just, say, I'm just the saying they, they did their <laughs> festival runs that qualify them for shit. Yeah. And their qualifying runs were all in 2020. So but sure, as far but as accessible Minari. to the main audience. Yeah, yes. But, but if that's the case, then every movie that ever wins an Oscar is technically a, the move the year came out after. That's not even true. That's not actually you can true. You see them in theaters. Kind of. Well, Silence of the Lambs was something that literally won a bunch of awards well, running sure. in February. Sure. Um, I mean, Lord Black Panther, was... but like, I'm talking about like, like if we're gonna compare, like last year there was Parasite, which came out in festivals in August. And I didn't think it got a release, like why till it, January? It, no, it was released in like October. Fair. Nineteen seventeen was nineteen seventeen was January twenty twenty. That's the only one. There's usually one that gets a Christmas limited release that gets a right release layer. And limited release still counts Bob, in my Bombshell one of us. <laughs> I nothing I love more than complain about release date logistics. <laughs> like yeah. Um animated feature. We all picked Soul, Soul One. Um I'm running. Soul is okay. Soul's I don't love heart. Soul, so like this is this is this is an award that I kind of knew was gonna happen, but I yeah. don't feel any particular uh excitement over it. Deserved it. Cool. Like Yeah, yeah it's fine. We'll Pete Doctor's not making a movie again for a, a long time. He gets three Oscars to call it a career. Cool. Basically, yeah. Um, and short. If anything happens, I love you. Absolutely one. correct. Is that the? So I have not seen these. Zach, have you seen these? Nope. All right, Coho, you're the one who's seen the majority of the shorts. I've right? seen all five of the shorts. Yes. Okay. Is this the best one? Absolutely, by a landslide. Uh, okay. Well, by I say by a landslide. Opera is really good. I really like opera. It's like really experimental and cool and weird because it's like it's a still image that's constantly moving with like different pieces of art, but it just zooms out further and further and further. So you see all sorts of different things happening, mm -hmm. and it's like it's really interesting. Um, and then like yes, people uh, is trash. I think it froze. The yes people gang has rised up and hacked into his computer. Yes people has taken out Caleb Coho. Um, <laughs> see if we put I him haven't off. seen him. I'll bring I, him back on in a sec if he needs it. Yeah, I should have watched him so I could have a, a countering opinion because I'm sure one of the ones he didn't like because I know he didn't like um, where I could name one. The one with the Genius Loci. Yeah, Genius Loci. I bet you I would be into that. It's like weird shit. <laughs> Did Coho completely got us? Um, uh, I will let's tell him. Let's move on. We're recording. Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep talking. Uh, we're jumping ahead to another category: original screenplay. This was the, like the first dip of the night. Um, Promising a woman wins. Uh, that was something that me and Caleb both picked. And then Zach, you went with. Trial of Chicago Seven. Yeah. So this is I when you started fall. This is when you started falling behind a little bit in the Oscars pool. Um, I'm really happy with this. I love Promising a Woman. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a cool screenplay. I think uh, giving Fennell an award in a year where like we don't have to. You're not taking it away from Zhao. You don't have to take away the best director or picture or something. I think this is just like a really good win in a category. Um, I know Coho likes Trial of Chicago Seven more than we do. I don't like that screenplay very much because I think the ending is really butchered. Um, so I'm very happy with what I consider a better film winning out. Yeah. I mean, I think because it was some expecting, though I didn't pick it, I still prefer it than trial. 
Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard for me to get upset by it. I'm not, I like the movie, you know, enough. I understand the issues, and the issues are in the screenplay for me. But I she's doing something ambitious. This is a weird screenplay to win. And I, I like when screenplay, especially original screenplay, are rewarding the kind of ambitious stuff, even if they, you know, cause a lot of controversy. But that's like, the purpose of movies. I don't know. Fair, 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 fair. Um, we can come back to these if Cohor joins us. Uh, adaptive screenplay. The Father won, um, and you picked Nomadland. I love this. The Father screenplay is great. It is a great, great screenplay. It is a great adaptation of a play. I love the fact that Florian Zeller takes something that is a play, and he totally pulls it away from the idea of filmed play. This is not Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. This is not the thing where it is very clearly just a filmed version of a play. This is dynamic and interesting and cool, and the way they do stuff is really brilliant, and I am super happy that Florian Zeller uh, has an Oscar for the screenplay. Yeah, I'm good too. I mean, I would love to know Madland when I mean it get recognized enough, and maybe it's not the screenplay. I I gave some credit for the screenplay just because it, it like functions as poetry, you know, along with you know everything else makes it so um like flowy and beautiful in its way. And I think screenplay is important, but um I think if anything else was to win, Father, yeah, is once again a pretty ambitious way to tell a story. It's really format um. You know, experimental with the format and the structure in a way that we should be warned. Um, he's back. Where'd you lose? Um, you we were talking about you basically done most of the animated short stuff. What do you have takes on original screenplay? All right. Um. So yeah, anything. Anyways, uh, Family Campus Love You is great. Watch on Netflix. It's the best show by a lot. Uh, original yeah. screenplay, adapted screenplay. Um, original is the correct winner. Promising Young Woman is great. As much as I love Charles Chicago's Evan and Sorkin, like Promising Young Woman is the right movie to give that to. Um, I would have been happy with either of those winning. Um, but yeah, good choice. Uh, great winner. Adapted screenplay is a cluster fuck and a half uh, of all the nominees. If it wasn't One Night in Miami, I didn't want it. Uh, but you know, I'll take the father. I thought the father was going to be the obligatory should have an Oscar, and we didn't give it anything else. Oscar, so I figured that would happen. Um, I honestly kind of wanted Chaos Terrain and Borat to win at that point, and then Sasha and Cohen has an Oscar. But oh well. Yeah. The father. It's the worst of the eight, but fair. It's the best of the eight. Get out of my face. You have Trial of the Chicago 7 to number two. That's no, that's That movie two. rocks. Fuck off. Zach Ford, break the tie. I know where you stand. Um, wait, I'm the father over trial, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, that already, another another old camera. man being senile movie. We need more of it. I said both of them. Not just, I said it's experimental with the form and the structure. It, it's doing something ambitious. Trial by Chicago 7 is pretty um, traditional in, in its storytelling and also bungles all its political ideas. I think I would I think I would have less problems with Trial of Chicago 7 if it didn't have that absolutely bullshit ending. The ending is just, it, it's such a... It's it's one. It's it's literally made up. It's not an actual thing that ever happened. And then it just it feels so weird. And like Sorkin, in the midst of his entire play, entire movie, basically forgot any of the point and just wanted to end it up with a happy ending. It was so weird. Um, let's jump to live action short. Coho, do you have takes on the live action shorts? Oh, do I? Uh, so. Of the of the five, the present was the worst one just because it like never actually took off or did anything cool. But like feeling through is like a really sweet story uh, about this kid who helps this uh, this uh, blinded deaf guy 
back home. It's very beautiful, very well done. Wide eye is shot, all in one take is great. The letter room is a fantastic, fantastic short with Oscar Isaac in it that has like I, I really want Elvira Lynn to like take off as a director because her style is great. But Two Distant Strangers was one that in premise I was like, this could be interesting. Let's see how it goes. And it was just so tone deaf to what it was trying to say the entire time. I was very in your face, not subtle at all. And I think it missed the point of what it, even what it was trying to say and do to the point where it just, it was, it was so self-serving that it didn't land the way I think it did. It's probably my least favorite Oscar winner of the night. Um, it should have been feeling through or wide eye, but I, I, cause that premise could work. That idea could work really well if you did it right. But like that short just was like, Ugh. yeah, I think we were a, a friend of the show. Paul, I'm described it as like police violence, groundhog day, which sounds just awful and like i don't know why anyone would want to watch that um it was the really clear favorite we kind of all knew it was going to win we all picked it to win so um in terms of predictions nothing further but it is a weird scenario where i, I feel like of the people i know who've watched it i don't think people really liked two distant strangers it just kind of it, it was one of those situations where like something becomes a front runner and just kind of keeps going regardless of what people think Zach, do you have takes on shorts or? I have no takes. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, that's good fair. For them. Good, good for Van Lathan. P. Diddy, I think, was executive producer. Good, good for P. Diddy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> jo Joey Badass is the lead, and he's actually not that bad, but like. It's just interesting now how like short film has become this weird place for like super famous people who are not in to film to like randomly get awards or nominations producing it. It's an interesting trend. Um, let's jump to production design. And this was the sweep for Mank that yeah. we all predicted. Um, yeah. yeah, Mank is a really, it's a really well-crafted film. I, I didn't connect with it maybe the way some people did. Um, it never hit like the heights I wanted to do, but I, I you know, I'm not going to stand here and argue that and say that the movie is designed poorly. It's definitely it, it accomplishes what it wants to be, which is to create a 1940s Hollywood image for you. Yeah. It, production design is beautiful. It's great. Zach? Uh, I'm pretty happy about it. But, you know, it's maybe most production design, but sometimes as a, a Philistine film fan, that's what I notice and what I see. It, they, there's like a zoo. They produced a zoo. It was great. Yeah. We produced the zoo. Reproduce the zoo. That's going to be my... Yeah, Damon. <laughs> Even I don't like that movie. <laughs> I'm its biggest fan. I know you are. That's, that's which is unsurprising to anyone. Um, costume design, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom gets its sweep. Awesome. Yeah, it's a cool Great. costume. For, first, first win for a long time, you know, respected um, costume designer. So it's always great to see the legacy rewards for something that she deserved it to. It's not like they escaped it to her for nothing. That you know, the real David dressed in this is is pretty great, as well as the suits. And sometimes suits get underappreciated. True. Yeah. Like Mark Burgess last year with Joker. Yeah, he's making joking comments. We're gonna have to kick him off the show now. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> <laughs> trying to set this in as like our <laughs> ideas of the show. KO co host thoughts do not represent the thoughts as a whole as the Lucas and Zach podcast. And the Joker suit looks good. Joker fans will be canceled <laughs> on this podcast. The Joker suit looks good. <laughs> um, documentary feature, uh, another sweep for my octopus teacher, which we kind of all expected. Cool. I have not seen this film. Um, me either. I saw two of the nominees. 
I would, the stuff that I was impressed by documentary wise did not get out. So, no boy state. I don't give a shit. No David Attenborough. I don't give a shit. Exactly. Um, no, Dick Johnson is dead. I still give a shit, but that hey. I still haven't seen Dick Johnson's dead, but I feel like I'd like it. It's really good. I, so, I think it's in both of our top 20s of the year. It's a pretty me movie, like emotional, melancholy look of death. So, going for you. Ron. I also Ron's liked role. it, and I feel like that's more of a you <laughs> thing than it is a me thing. So, yeah. it's, it's, it's also Dick Johnson is a wonderful person and just like seems like a great hang. That's fair. Um, let's talk the category that is just bizarre um documentary short oh my category God. that none of us picked the first place correctly none of us picked the runner correctly colette came out of sort of nowhere nowhere i, I mean I, I can look up the gold derby odds but I, I believe they were fourth yeah when going into the show which is um even in the age of like prediction is very rare for something to go to fourth you see upsets but you don't typically see anything go from like considerably out of contention to winning an award yeah any thoughts um, on this? this was the thing that was like okay so me and and camera sean caleb Bowman watched the oscars together this year mm. uh and uh we made our own prediction pools and the only prediction that me and redshaw had different from each other was this so if we were going to beat each other it was going to be one of us winning and he picked latasha i picked concerto uh and uh we were both wrong and ended up tying and we were both kind of bummed. So fuck this short for ruining my Oscar pool. It was a very weird category that I don't think helped anybody. It's very rare when you have an Oscar pool. With we had like a another one that we're in with like twelve people, and I've never seen a I've never seen a category where one pick in a twelve person pool of helps nobody. Yeah. Like there even I don't think even anyone had the weird like outsider pick. It was just. Uh, it was bizarre. We this was the this was I think just, this might have been the only category that we were, as the three of us in our in our podcast, but completely shut out. Oh yeah, no, this one kneecapped us a bit. Yeah, it knocked us down a little bit, and it kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, we all basically had the same picks anyway, so it wouldn't have changed that much. But yes. yeah, let's talk about some awesome shit, which is, uh, Yang Yu Jung for Minari one best supporting actress great um, speech she tried to take brad pitt home which was yeah, i think a pretty baller ass move um that was awesome as fuck she's I, she was just she was just great she's exactly the attitude she's got the olivia coleman thing where it's just like a, a level of not there's like a lack of seriousness and it's just like i love the the like the honest expression of this is fucking awesome i just got an oscar you know, I basically don't have a career in America. People don't know who I am, and I just won an Oscar. Like, just kind of enjoying the fact that this is a ridiculous situation that she wouldn't be in in most years, but she, she's got an Oscar, and she's awesome uh, in the movie. And she's great. She deserves this one. Like, she has the um her. I think my favorite part of her her acceptance speech was saying like I'd be up at three a.m. watching the Oscars as a kid, and then the thing she she thanked her first director, which was so sweet. I thought that moment was really really sweet. Um, and then afterwards, when they're like doing the and come back for this, like they show her and Brad Pitt talking backstage, and I was like, she's still wheeling, she's still going for Brad Pitt. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. She also just has like the right level of calm, like not nervousness to it, not overly excited, like happy and appreciative, but just like charming and chill. She probably like took an edible, calmed her oh, down yeah. beforehand. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
great. Um, the only person who definitely did drugs before they went on stage last night. Harrison Ford. He was on something. Harrison Ford is like what life should be. Because Harrison Ford is just like, I am one of the most famous people of the last 40 years. Um, I have like 20 movies everybody watches all the time. And I don't care about any of them. And I don't want to talk about them. And I just, I don't give a shit. And I can you kill fly, me off of them? I want to fly my plane. I'm going to do Indiana Jones 5, make another 12 billion, and buy another plane that I'll crash to a golf course. And then I'm going to go, like, build a table or something. <laughs> go build a fucking table because I can't. Harrison Ford is the best. He's the best. Um, This does bring Glenn close to 0 for 8. <laughs> we'll pick better movies next time, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah. I do think I think that Glenn's problem at this point is exactly that is that so many they clearly want to give her the lifetime achievement oh, they Oscar. They want to give her but like Oscar. can she pick the B movie? Can she pick the B or B plus movie? You don't have to be a great movie. You don't have to be the best picture from her. But can you just pick something that's not like super mediocre or too bad? Because I feel like every recent nominee of her, it's like Albert like a movie Rob, that people will watch. The wife, like... Hillbilly Elegy. It's like that people are trying so hard to give you an Oscar, and yeah. you are making it so hard on them by picking these movies that just no one gives a fuck about. Whenever the Sunset Boulevard musical adaptation comes out, she will win for playing the Gloria Swanson role, and that will be it. So. This is probably true. is this a real thing? Yeah, they're adapting the they're adapting the Sunset good. Boulevard musical to a movie with her. She as did it on Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. She like a quite, yeah, a, quite successful run on Broadway. Very very yeah. successful musical from the nineties. Yes. Um, I think that what they need to do is not. Nominate Glenn Close for things she's not going to win. It's their fault. It won't be embarrassing if this she did so by the energy and we all forgot about it. It's only embarrassing because you lost again and should never have been nominated. I do also wonder at this she point if, if, if all these um, kind of mediocre, crappy movies getting nominated and then losing hurts her chances next time because people are going to get to the like, we've nominated you five times, five times in the last like four to seven years, and you just keep losing. Like, why are we giving you this opportunity? Yeah. This is just so, so pointless. I mean, um, she, I think, she was the she was the real winner of the night when she danced to Dubai. Yeah. So. Yes, that was and, was that and, a winner though? No. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In a that serious was, way, that was awful. How this could be a winner? No, it was not awful. It was great, but it's why. Does Co have the hots for Glenn Close? Is the real question. No. Oh fuck no. <laughs> okay. I thought it was hysterical <laughs> that she was schooling Lil Rel Howery on music. That's pretty funny. This is a real win. Uh, not just a funny one, because it did take a lot of the like fun buzz, like things you really liked and enjoyed about the Oscars, to where she's going to become the like Jack Nicholson staple. No, she can be the person that they come every time they put her on camera, give her a shine, this like Hollywood legacy. Because she's honestly, she's more fun than Meryl Streep is. So I think because of that, she as a as a persona, Meryl Streep's that? always performative. I think Glenn Close is a little more like natural in it and this a little sure. more fun grandma. -y. Um, so I think it was just like the, with Jack Nicholson, he's like the crazy, dirty grandpa and like doesn't give a shit. So people was like watching him at the Oscars for you know decades. So she's always gonna be invited, no matter if she's nominated or not, and she's gonna become you know a part of legacy in that way. They're gonna keep her involved because they like having her there. Yeah. Um, jumping ahead, we got best sound, sound of metal one. Yeah. Uh, this has been a, probably the biggest lock, maybe biggest lock of the night, first or second. Yeah. But also, they do such a really good job making you understand um, what it would be like to go through hearing loss in a film about hearing loss. And I think the fact they do so much doing that is uh, is really impressive and just such a testament to the film overall. Extremely deserved one. Glad I got it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Zach's takes on sound and metal. This movie is going to make. This movie is going to win anything. This is what it. What's for? This is why this movie got so much notice was because of the, you know, ambitious sound design that's you know important to it thematically and story wise as well. What else can you sound so important to what the movie's trying to say? Yeah. Um. Next up, we got an upset. Mank pulls yeah. the upset on Nomadland in cinematography, which is. Which is even weirder, considering what would go on for the rest of the night and how successful Nomadland would be as a film. And that Mank, a film that basically did not get considered for any of the major awards at all, happened to win cinematography. Kind of impressive. I, I kind of get it. Like, it won the precursor, but also the precursors, they always vote for their friends in the tech category. So it's like a mixed bag on what actually will win. Um, I switched my prediction on Gold Derby from Mank to Nomadland an hour before the show. and fucking regret it uh but um i mean mank cinematography is really good uh uh between mank and nomadland i actually probably do prefer mank i think that's probably the more deserving cinematography one of the two but it's also just comes down to what kind of cinematography you like more it, that was kind of the debate of the whole season so good for eric messerschmidt he's a great dude zach do you have takes takes why do you think nomadland lost even though it won a bunch later in the night I don't know. I'm wondering if we started to undervalue landscape filmography, cinematography, as in it's maybe like a little more simpler or easier. But I mean, the use of natural light, you know, is hard to do and super important to make it look great. Um, but I think just the, you know, the combination of the black and white and some of the more like techniques um, that they did to resemble it of being something from the 40s. Uh, made it seem more award worthy to them rather than just shooting a, a beautiful, you know, sunset. But I love beautiful sunsets and I like plains and mountains and natural lands. So give it to Nomad Land. Makes it look great. I think we want I do think I think Cole makes a good point. This is I do think we maybe underestimated how important it is to be the name cinematographer. I mean if you look back at recent years, there's a lot of deacons. There's a lot of Lubisky, there's a lot of you know people that are that's easy to check the boxes. What? But those are also like really great film things that I, like I, no one else even had a chance. No, those no, are the no, two I, best I, you've ever had. I'm not trying to underestimate the the actual work there. I'm saying that I think that maybe it was foolish to think that Joshua James Richards, who is not a name, to the point where Joshua James Richards does not have a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, like would just come in here and get this i think in some ways we looking back at um predictions and the way we we're thinking about it nomadland was underestimated in the categories with really high name talent and overestimated in some of the categories with lesser um lesser household name and i think that's sort of what we saw in cinematography was just kind of joshua james richards did not resonate with the majority of the people who were voting whether because of the, the actual work or because they literally didn't recognize his name. Um, let's jump ahead to the definitive category of the night, which is film editing, where I picked Sound of Metal to win, and you guys picked Proud of Chicago 7. Yeah. And the one point I gained in this category was the definitive final deciding factor in our Oscar pool. Um, Weird. It's funny because I definitely kept going back and forth between these two. And I think the 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 it sounded metal was the favorite, but I think I definitely got stuck in the they're gonna give it to Charlie Chicago 7 because it feels like more editing. 
even if I don't most, necessarily most think editing. I definitely didn't. I don't think Trial Sky Seven is super well edited, but it definitely edited. felt like the movie that was like the most. And I sort of thought. I also kind of didn't think Sound of Metal had the juice to pull film editing, like an award like film editing, just because it felt like as it felt like this was going to be a movie that got sound and nothing else, and then it just did get film editing, which is weirdly kind of the favorite all along. Um, takes, gentlemen. This is some utter horseshit because Trial deserves that Oscar. That's like the, Trial does have the best editing of the year. It does. That's the one thing that I thought Trial completely fucking earned was uh -oh. like the way they cut all the storylines together, the way that it paced the whole movie, uh, the, like down to down to um, when the when they're out in public falling through the window and cutting that whole sequence together. I think it's fantastic. You should have won. Uh, Sentimental's editing is like fifth place out of this category for me, so I'm kind of really bummed that it won. Um, but like the thing that I think we forget and that's what made it really hard to predict now that sounds one category is sound editing and film editing always go hand in hand. They almost always go to the same movie. So like if we were going to predict it, I was really having a hard time because sound and metal didn't even win the sound editing award at its precursor. It won the mixing. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, so this is like sound and metal is going to win sound because it's sound and the mixing one's going to win out over the editing one. So does that mean that the mixing Oscar is going to win the film editing Oscar, and I think I overthought it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sentimental didn't really deserve this one. Kind of Zach Ford, I have a feeling you have a very different take on this category. Trials for one. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm happy enough that Sound of Metal has, I think, thinking Trial is the best is crazy. I think the you know the best editing is the uh, when it blends in and you don't notice it. Almost like what they say about score sometimes is where it becomes so natural and inherent to it. That's why you were so, um, you know, Blasphemic. Is that word blasphemic? I'm going with it. Blasphemic. Um, I think it's blasphemic. It's blasphemous. Well, it could be blasphemous or you'd be blasphemic. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, my doctor diagnosed me with blasphemic. Um, <laughs> and, anyways, that with Nomadland saying that, like, you don't understand why it's not night, which is insane, because I think the editing is, is what makes it work in its poetic way that it does, because it all kind of twirls together. It's all like one montage. You don't even notice all the cuts. It all just flows so beautifully. Um, th that's the one. I, I And I think Father also, that editing is so important to making that work and mm -hmm. how it ties it together without you even, you know, notice. I think one of those two where the editing is so purposeful to the tone of the movie um rather than just kind of functional editing like they'd use in trial or on um, sound of metal looking back are we more surprised that chloe Zhao didn't get in this category considering how much they clearly liked her overall she went screenplay she was going editing. they gave her director and producer and called it a night or something yeah i'm just in some way in some respects i just like i i I wondered if there was a chance that you would come out of nowhere and kind of take it just because it was a oh, sure. kind of crown Chloe Zhao night at the Oscars. But you know. sure, but yeah, No Man Land losing adapted screenplay like right out the gate kind of put it sort of on the path for me. Then I don't know if No Man Land's really going to do terrific outside of director and picture. So yeah, um, let's jump ahead to some categories that uh, not that interesting. Tenet wins special visual effects. This is uh, a pretty Ooh. boring category, mostly because. Um, when you take away blockbusters and money from an Oscar ceremony, the category that probably gets hurt the most is visual effects because they're just like there are not nominees. This is cat. This is not category does not have five real nominees. They're like, um, <laughs> have you seen this Disney Plus movie? Like they're they're throwing some 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 random stuff out there. 
Tenet sort of won by default. Yeah. In that it was like it was the only major movie with named people on it released in the category. I mean that Midnight Sky, but Midnight Sky is like a George Clooney passion project, and it's the space movie. Like I can see how that's like the clear two and could have pulled the upset, but like Tenet was like the only movie that I think anyone saw of that category because it was Tenet. It was like the movie event of twenty twenty for a while. So. Yeah. Anything else would have been crazy. The Midnight Sky does not exist. The Midnight Sky is bad. Midnight Sky is bad. So is Tenet, but Midnight Sky is bad. Midnight Sky is like isn't isn't like a direct to Netflix movie? Like yeah. And like, not like a we put it on Netflix and we would have put it in theaters. Like it was like kind of always an almost straight to Netflix. Thing. So like, this is part of that like uh, campaign of in Kyle by Chicago Seven. Well, the thing is like no, 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 no. They would have put those different years. They would have gone in theaters. They would have had legitimate runs in theaters. Like the small the, runs, like the Irishman run. Yes, they would have Irishman run them. But like, yeah, I don't think Midnight Sky was going to ever get that. I mean, that's good. Always it seemed like it was. I mean, I think its intention in their buying was for it too. They're thinking George Clooney. Everyone thinks George Clooney has more, you know, credibility as a director than he actually does. They're like giving him a lot of the benefit of the doubt. Kind of bad as a director yeah. overall of being. His, his, like his record two, has become really great. Rough. Directing jobs and the rest are fine. You're, yes, for you. <laughs> I mean, good night and good luck in the eyes of March. I think are like really. I didn't see good night and good luck. I actually um, do like I mean, I, I've been a, given a bit for the doubt as much as Hollywood has because I don't even like some of his failures. I enjoy Monuments Men. I like Leatherheads. They sure. Like, I think he's Hollywood. very good at he's very good at imitating other people's directing yeah. styles. He doesn't have a style of his own. And that's mm-hmm. very apparent in every movie he makes. Monuments Men, so disappointing. I thought that movie was nah, gonna be like awesome. It. And it is boring as <laughs> shit. I still refuse um, to watch the Forever Comics because I don't want to see him bastardize the Coen Brothers. It's not good. It's rough. It's real rough. Yeah. Um, let's jump ahead to another one that was kind of foregone conclusion. Already's cool. Black Bottom, um, which is kind of another one of those Oscar maker or a history maker, I think, right? I, yeah, I believe so. It is the first all um, all black makeup team. Yeah, which is awesome and also just uh, great that when you have a movie that is full of black people, you have people who know how to work with hair and the makeup of people who have a different skin tone and, you know, different, uh, different types of hair, you know, it's not easy. I think it's, it's been, you know, there's been several articles we've seen in recent years of, you know, people of color actors talking about how frustrating it is times to work with um, white makeup people, white hair people who don't understand that you cannot do makeup on a black person the same way you can a white person. You can't treat a white person's hair the same way you do a black person's hair. There are differences there. You know, it's, an awesome achievement and just kind of a nice sign that we're um, working towards an environment where people just have like the best possible team working around them in that aspect. Also, Ma Rainey's just looks great makeup wise. So it, I think it also certainly has helped by the fact that you can just like show people pictures of Viola Davis every time you're trying to, you're trying to sell this category. Yeah. Um, and, and Chadwick Boseman also. Yeah. But, but let's be real. Viola Davis is the really, Yes. Really impressive one. The really right. like showy performance look. But like everything they did to her is 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 a uh, is the is the standard. Retroactively, when you think about it, like look at the two movies that Shadok made right before he died in *The Five Bloods* and *Ma Rainey's*, and the makeup for him in *Ma Rainey's* makes him look a lot less sick than he does in *The Five Bloods*. Yes, it is weird looking at *The Five Bloods*, especially knowing like he looks. And then, he looks very sick in *The Five Bloods*. Yeah, you're like. Is the character supposed to have malaria? It's like yeah. they're supposed to. Is the like is the, you, you, you almost you almost wait for them to be like, 
ah, look at him. He's taking quinine tablets or something to deal with this yeah. problem. It's like, no, he was just a, a, a yeah. very sick person at that time. Yeah. Um, let's jump ahead to an awesome, awesome category. International feature film. Another round wins. Another round is awesome. So fucking good. We all knew it was going to win, but it oh, is yeah. still super exciting to see Vinterberg win. My favorite speech of the night, Thomas Vinterberg. And especially because like, this is a guy who is super talented, has made so three or four really good films, didn't win for the last time. He probably should have won Should've. for The Hunt. Another round is not as good as The Hunt, but it's also really great. You know, He has other really good films. Uh, the Commune was quite good. I know Zach is a big fan of Far From the Maddening Crowd. The Celebration, uh, I hear, is great. Yeah. There's a, yeah, he has a lot of good stuff. It's just it's great to see um, people who make films from different countries being rewarded like this, and also an example of not only being rewarded in this category, but also like clearly getting a bigger stage even before he won the award than a lot of people in years past. It's nice to see like um, they let him kind talk. Of, it's kind of also just like a sign that like they're expanding the academy. They're doing stuff to try to make the voters more worldwide and more diverse, um, and it is having an impact in terms of we're getting better picks and we're getting picks that are just competing in more categories. I mean, can you imagine 10 years ago, even thinking of the foreign film director competing in anything but foreign film. And now we have foreign film and documentary hybrids and we have foreign film and best director and we have foreign film and an acting nomination. It's like we had a foreign film win best picture last year. Like, and it's not even the first one that was nominated for best picture in recent years. Like it's been a cool, it's been a cool trend recently. Yeah, uh, Vinterberg's speech is great. Uh, it's him talking about his daughter and dedicating the Oscar to his daughter was a tearjerker. I made a side bet with Boat and Doc uh, about mm. what they would play uh, music-wise when it won. Would they play What a Life or would they play this, the, the main theme that they have for the movie? Because both are like pretty equally recognizable to me. Mm. Um, and, and I was like, What a Life. And Boat was like, oh, they'll probably play the music theme. And then they did What a Life. And I was like, pay up, bitch. <laughs> what a Life should have been nominated and should have won Best Original Song. That song is amazing. Um, and then I woke up today and they were like, oh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to remake it. And I'm like, fuck off. Why? Yeah. Watch you... it. It's not hard to listen to Danish. It's not hard. That's not even the problem with the remake. The problem with the remake is you can't you can't remake that movie in an American context. We have a completely different relationship with alcoholism and alcohol. That movie is going to – there's no way they do that. Yeah, I know. In America, it could be a because, lot, lot more tragic and maybe preachy about. Also, I don't. I, I, it's I, gonna be sad. I don't see how they do any of the scenes. Like, I don't see how you get away with any of the drinking at school, or even just like him randomly drinking a glass of wine at like three o'clock in the afternoon without like. It's like if you did that in America and you walked into your kitchen and like your dad was like having a glass of wine at three o'clock in the afternoon, like that would be such a massive warning sign in yeah. a way that it is. It's way more normal in Europe. There's just like. There's such a different culture. The only play. way you can do this is if you make it like Sideways, but Sideways is such a fundamentally different movie than another round that it would never work. I also just think they're never going to pull off how smart another round is. The idea of just like, not only they're going to drink more, but they're going to do it based on, you know, a scientist. And then they're going to record the way they do it. Like the, just the, the, even the process of doing it. It's so much more than just like the, it's not, it's not, it's, it's so much more than just a, Oh, we're gonna drink more alcohol to see that we're always drunk. Like that's that's right. the American take. And also, just Mads Mikkelsen and that ensemble are so perfect. <laughs> like their chemistry and dynamic are so on point that I don't see why we have to let Leo take Mads the Mads Mikkelsen role and put I don't know 
three other guys in there and it's not going to be the same. Like, it's just, this movie's not going to work. It's just, I'm not here for this remake. Yeah, we agree. Um, original score. Uh, another kind of foregone conclusion. Soul one. Um, I yeah. kind of laughed that Resident and Ross didn't say a fucking word. They let John Batiste just have the Oscar because they already have one. They're probably a smart move, if we're being honest. Very smart move. It's a good look. It's a it's a good uh it's a good moment of just like kind of letting them uh, letting the guy who's uh, newer yeah. and um yeah probably yeah, less likely to be there. Okay. Yeah, well liked. He's a well-liked guy, so put the guy who's, like, charming and people like to hear on the mic, you know, and somebody known, like, I mean, people know Nine Inch Nails, but as a persona, John Baptiste is known more because of his work with Colbert. Um, so, so you know, put the guy in front of the mic. Can we also talk about how uh, they didn't mention Questlove at all in their speech? He was, like, a major help to the music. And then Questlove, who was DJing the awards as they walked off, played the um they never give you credit line from dolly parton's nine to five like totally took wow. a shot at them as they walked off the stage it was funny there was a there was a it was a very free flowing show at times which was yeah. this is we'll talk about we'll talk about the full production at the end um because i do think there's a lot of um good and bad stuff to be taken from it overall let's talk about an insane category original Fuck song this fuck this category fight for you from judas and the black messiah zach ford's Last place pick. Yeah, that's the only reason we tried to talk about it because this is my embarrassment. One, it's the only category. <laughs> it's the only person the entire night who picked a last place pick that won. Um, I think this one just kind of comes down to this was maybe the most recent one. Here's here's what I think happened. The four songs, one's in the movie, but it's also a slow inspirational ballad. Here, my voice is boring as all fuck. Mm. But it's inspirational and like a ballad. And then Speak Now is a slow ballad. And Scene is a slow ballad. And Fight For You is fun and peppy and upbeat. And I think that might be why it won. Plus it has a major artist attached to it with her. So like mm -hmm. I can see why it won. I just honestly forget. Like I can remember how every other nominee goes. I can't remember how this song goes at all. And also, that's such a bummer to me. Add on to this. It's from the movie that of the five movies nominated is by far the most popular. True. Of that group. Especially right. and we didn't know this going we may know we didn't know this going in because we thought maybe Trials Chicago Seven. But walking out of those rewards, it is very clear Judas and the Black Messiah is the most popular film in that category. It's very it's well movie in that category. And I sort of think it was a combination of that and the fact that to a lot of people, they watched Judas and the Black Messiah in February. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those same people probably watched Trial in October. If they watched Who Civic at all, it was like sometime last summer. It was in the summer. They, you know, Life Ahead was like what January. It, I don't think people watched Life Ahead. Is the no one watched Life Ahead, and I Night Miami it. was January. So like, and also I think very clearly looking back, Life people thought One Night in Miami was a liked film, and I think the honest answer is people thought that was really boring and not interesting because which it is got... so stupid in 10 years i swear they're gonna look back and realize one night miami was w way better than they gave it credit for that movie is so good and so underrepresented and leslie going home empty-handed was so frustrating like getting nothing annoying like if it wasn't gonna go to Husivik, then speak now and if it wasn't gonna go to speak now they give it to Husivik. those were like clearly the two songs of the night for me and we gave it to fucking fight for you which is like what the fuck 
Like, I well, was so, ugh. Well, once again, Zach, this is the Zach Ford quote. I'm going to take the Zach Ford quote over here. The original song is really stupid, is a really stupid category a lot of the time. And so stupid. This is like, this. I mean, if you look at these nominees and you look at all one, it is sort of like the, the only one of the move, the songs that really that matters that much is Husevik. It's the um, most important song in that category to its movie. By far. But it's very clear that what happened is the song from the most popular movie, the most well-liked movie, the biggest movie, won the award because... Despite it being Husevik being in the movie. I, I think people saw Will Ferrell and said, fuck that movie. Here's the thing. Probably, uh, if we're being honest, the majority of Oscar winners probably did not watch Life Ahead. They did not watch Eurovision. They watched the other three, and they got to the end of those other movies, and they said... You know what? That Judas in the Black Messiah movie is the best of the three, probably. and they slapped it and they slapped it down as the winner. Um, and that's probably why we got the original song pick we got. In to make Zach Ford feel happy, yeah. Um, even if he had not picked it as last, he still would have finished in third place anyway. So it, it's not a great look for you, but also it didn't hurt you. It didn't actually hurt you in any respect. Mm-hmm. They if I picked the screenplays and got that because I had a couple one pointers that you guys did not get. I would have. This is correct. If you had gotten the, if you had not picked this and picked the screenplays, um, I would have won. No, won. you would have tied. You would have tied. No, but I have an extra one pointer that I don't think you had with Francis McDormand. But we'll talk about that later. It doesn't matter. No, but you're four, you're correct. four points. You're four points behind me. Okay. Even with the Francis McDormand pick. Um. Best director. Wrap it up. That was easy. Well deserved. Chloe Zhao is yeah. a you know she's about to be a really really big deal for probably a really really long time. I'm waiting for that Eternals trailer to drop sometime in the next four to eight hours that says Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao. Just remember, hey. this is the first MCU film ever directed by a winner of Best Picture. The MCU. Kevin Feige is sort of being like now. Like, over there right now going i am so glad i pushed eternals back i pushed like this in some ways this is the win of covid for them is they had to push all yeah. these movies back here and now they get to sell this is the universe where we have a movie coming from the best director winner the woman who produced best picture like this is just like this is yeah. a boon i mean they have no trouble selling their movies anyway but now they get to literally sell a movie a movie With that has you know. know know anything. It's like it's now they get to sell guard. It's like if they tried to sell Guardians on the strength of James Gunn after he won Best Picture. They basically get to do that, which is like pretty crazy. It's also going to be like you fascinating to see what Chloe Zhao. There's any chance that we now get the first Oscar-dominated superhero movie because Chloe Zhao is bringing in some of her credibility. It could first happen. Oscar-nominated superhero movie. You want to walk that Best statement picture. back real quick? Now, uh, we already have Black that. Panther. Twice. Joker, oh, and Black Black Panther. Panther. No, Joker, Joker and Black Panther. Joker doesn't count to yes, bring that does. shit out of here. It's not a superhero okay. movie. It's fine. It using superhero names to show its own shit. Black Panther still tells Black you Panther. you're wrong. Black Panther, yeah, I'm wrong. Okay. But Although, I do, I do, I will say, Maybe. I will say, if Coogler is obviously a good name, but Coogler does not have the level of acclaim that Zhao now has. So if Zhao gets a nominee for Eternals, there is a I think there's a much better shot at either winning a director or winning a picture for a film like that. Just because you I mean, it depends having, depends on if Eternals is like a gangbusters like good movie too. I'm sure it's gonna be good, but like Eternals as a property could be so foreign to the Oscars that they're like fuck that. 
So. I will say here's another sign that this could happen is that Marvel has like not really like talked much about Black Widow or Spider Man um, as much as they like are hyping up Eternals as far I mean, as being technically, technically they can't talk about Spider Man. It's not their movie. Oh yeah, he's on yeah. But also, but, also, but if, if oh, no no like, no, I, I guarantee you they think Black Widow's gonna fail. If they think Black Widow, they're just just yeah. I think Black Widow's gonna bomb. Well, they just—they're aren't they? Literally, just putting it on Disney Plus, doing the—they're doing the double release. But my thing is, I think Black Panther is gonna or Black Panther, <laughs> Black Widow is gonna get like a, a critical and a fan backlash, and I don't—I don't know why I think that, but I think I don't see Black Widow landing as strongly as it would have if it came out a year ago. Well, I think it has a couple things going against it, and not to turn this too much into a Black Widow podcast, but I think that. Um, we're I about think to be to a Black it, Widow podcast. We will be at some point. I think doing Scarlett Johansson. I think doing a Black Widow movie with Scarlett Johansson after the character's dead is a bad universe, idea. Is a it's not a bad idea. It's a weird choice. And then secondly, I think you don't have any other characters in that movie to really sell the movie off of in the way. And I think also Black uh, Widow, put some respect on General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, sir. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, but also I, I think that if we're being honest. Black Widow has always been a supporting character. And oh, I don't yeah. think I don't think she I don't know if she'll work as a lead. She it's, could, but I have no idea if this movie is the movie that supports it. Like Yeah. I think of the three I think of the three movies that the MCU has has coming here, that's the third Spider-Man of they the don't need four, to talk about. Four technically. Yeah, of the four. Spider-Man she's gonna kill it in September. I have no idea what's gonna happen in that movie. To be honest, that movie's, that movie's gonna rock. Destin Daniel Cretton is gonna get like. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I do also think that's a potential. I have a think it's a potential that to just underperform a little bit, almost because there's no not a lot of star value around it. It's the that's only, fair. It's the only concern. Um, it could be very good. It could also. I mean, it has the potential to do the Guardians thing, where you have no star value and then suddenly you blow up, or it has the potential to do the really well. Ant Man, I guess. Yeah, but even like Paul Rudd's a lot more star power than anyone in that movie has. Uh, and Michael Douglas, you know, that's that's a lot. That's fair. Uh, let's jump ahead. Um, it's also really weird that director was in the middle of the ceremony. That was really weird. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna, not the worst choice that was made. That's not, not the worst, worst choice. I'm going to follow the order the Oscars did because I want to talk about it in that order because I think it's more interesting. Let's talk about Best Picture next. Mm. Um, Nomadland wins. Um, yeah. Deserving front runner, great, speech. really good movie. Um, looking back, um, I was reading an article from Scott Feinberg of Hollywood Reporter, which made the really good point about um, if this is the clear front runner for Best Picture, how on earth is the person who is the heart and soul and basically the entire film not the front runner for their category? Um, sure. Which, looking back, was probably a a bit of a a bit of a miss on everyone just predicting it wise. Um, we all picked Nomadland. It was really good. Um, anyone have any takes, or is this just kind of we knew this was going to happen? This is the, in some ways, the one category that you were not. I mean, this and direction were the two where you're just like not surprised what would happen. Everyone was like trying to say, "Oh, what will upset it? There should be an upset because of how long award season was, and they were bored by the narrative of Nomadland winning, but it was going to win." Um, and they they had a great speech. Francis McDormand was on so much cocaine. The the wow the wolf howl is like that should have been the moment to close out the Oscars on. Do you know what that is? This should have been it. Uh, I, yeah. I I think it's the it's from the movie, isn't it? No, no, it's related to her her. It's a sound. It's the sound editor Zach. 
Okay. Yes. I had no idea what that was. Person who worked on not sound editor, but someone who worked on sound on set and on all Chloe Zhao's movies. Um, his nickname is Wolf, and he um, passed away. And he was a pretty old okay. guy. Passed away. Uh, Michael Wolf. He's the production sound mixer. He was okay. 35 years yeah. old, and um, he committed suicide shortly before the film won Best Picture. Fair. That is where the wolf howl comes from. Um, that is very sweet, and that's a perfect. That should have been the perfect moment to end the night. That win, everything about that win was so special. Like even if it was a boring outcome, the speech and the people winning made that win super special. And that's why that should have been the last. That should have been the thing to close the night. McDormand now has four fucking Oscars. She's a genius. Let her walk yeah. away as the last Oscar winner of the night. Come on. Also in. Unsurprising fashion. It, it, well, I guess it's, it's surprising that it was never really talked about that Nomadland is a $5 million movie. Like, yeah. I remember it was a big talking point when Moonlight won Best Picture. It was like, this is incredibly cheap for a Best Picture winner. Um, Nomadland is a truly bizarre film to be a beginning to end frontrunner. Um, it is has It does not hit any of like the Oscar, Oscar Best Picture cliches. It's not a period piece. It's not a war film. It's not a big epic. It doesn't have really anything that, that would, you know, make you clearly say this is the front runner. But the fact that it was a front runner and that it is, if not the number one most popular film among everyone, the number two, because it's like probably Iden Minari are probably the two most universally um, liked films of the bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, we will talk I about. Saw, I saw the a fucking stupid tweet today that was just like. It's the lowest grossing best picture winner in years. It's like it literally any of them would have been. Literally <laughs> if trial had won, the box office gross is zero. So fuck off. What is the highest grossing movie of all of them? Probably Promising Young Woman. Is it really? The five, the, the five Bloods was in theaters. Oh, of the nominees. I, I thought we we're going off of the best picture nominees, but I am oh, the best picture. Or not the, I didn't mean the five bloods. I meant um Judas, Judas. Judas could be also. It, it's probably between promising young woman, Judas, and and honestly, probably no red light. Interesting. You are. It is. It is promising young woman. Okay. Which made eleven million dollars worldwide. Yeah. Number two. None of you guessed. It's Minari. Oh wow. Minari made That's ten good. million. Judas made five point nine. Nomadland made four point eight. The Father made two point four. Sound of Metal made like one hundred seventy three thousand. And honestly, I don't think I'm not sure if the other ones made like anything, because half of them were basically never released exactly. outside of a streaming, yeah. streaming platform. Um, especially because like when they dropped Trial of Chicago Seven, I don't think theaters were even open at that point. No, so, like they couldn't they couldn't give it the same day release if they tried. Yeah. Um, let's talk Best Actress. We got an upset. Although looking back, upset. we really. We really shouldn't have been that surprised. No, I wasn't. When they no. said Frances McDormand, like, at the end of the day, the only way this category was going to fucking surprise me was if Andrew Day or Vanessa Kirby won, and I wouldn't even have been that surprised if Andrew Day had won. Like, this category was very up in the air and up for grabs for everyone, except for Kirby, which is why when they were like, oh, picture went, and then actress and actor were left, I, like, looked at Boat and Doc, and I was like, what if Vanessa Kirby wins right now? And that's why we moved it, because it was, like, some random change. But no, it was it was good for her. She now has three Best Actress Oscars. She needs one more Best Actress win to tie. Three for three. I will never bet against Frances McDormand and Best Actress ever again. I've learned my lesson. There's this guy named Ben Zausmer. 
who is a statistician, I believe he works for the Mets. He does Oscar predictions based on modeling. And going into this category, he had literally four people between 15 and 25% chance to win. Mm-hmm. And looking back, the idea that this was a two-person race was hysterical. Yeah. It was wrong. And the fact that, I mean, I think Feinberg was the one that I read this earlier. And it was just like, how on earth did we not think McDormand was the front runner? If you like Nomadland, how do you not like McDormand? Yeah. Like, if you're going to vote for that for Best Picture, how are you, like, like looking back, it is kind of insane to think when we were all sitting there going, well, people are going to cast Nomadland for picture and something else for actors. Like, like those were obviously going to go together. Yeah. Um, Zach picked this as, as his upset pick. Yeah. The only I'm one of us to win. Yeah. yeah, you you guys are here acting like, oh, I'm not surprised. You were so surprised. You didn't even I was not back up. This was a shocker. You yeah, all look go like back to the podcast. And back I look like a genius for having this as my backup. Okay. Okay, Zach. Uh, no, but uh, fun, fun fact. Um, Payson Johnson, I'll give him the shout out, uh, made this really fire tweet this morning. Where it was uh, a marriage should be 50 50. And it was Francis McDormand's IMDb page with four Oscars and Joel Cohen's IMDb page with four Oscars. And I love it. <laughs> this is a, a couple you don't talk, we don't necessarily talk about with. I uh, loved it. Seeing Joel Cohen with her Joel again Owen. every time, it was so fun. Joel Cohen did not seem that happy. Um, does not know. seem like a. Joel Cohen, the worst hang of the Oscars. The thing is, the Cohen brothers and McDormand yeah. are very not Oscar people at all. <laughs> Like, they no, don't seem like it. They're incredibly talented. They do not seem like they like... Chloe Zhao was sort of the same thing. She did not seem like she particularly enjoyed being there. No. Even though she's, she like, incredibly... about it and said their things. They didn't do anything like, I'm too good to be here. I think... But, I, maybe I'm mixing up who we acted, but Harrison Ford said... I think he said Chloe Zhao's name. And Chloe Zhao got excited because Harrison Ford said her name. But that was about <laughs> it. Of course, who wouldn't be? Um, exactly. All right, we got to talk about it. It's the the biggest oh, fucking disappointment no, 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 of no, no, my no. year. All right, let's 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 slow down for a second. I'm gonna. I'm, I think we need to frame this correct way. So, they traditionally best actor goes third to last or second last. Mm-hmm. This year they made a choice to change it to last, and I'm gonna be honest. I think they had a very clear result in mind. Yep. Um, they put a certain person last in the in memoriam. Yeah, there were other people who have very terrible, terrible in memoriam. They have they had people in that in memoriam who were more awarded by the Oscars that they could have put last. I think that was a choice made. That's that's your worst take. I don't want this. (laughs) I think I I think they're I think that they 100% put him last because they thought they they set the show up. There are three pieces Uh, to the set. Yes. I think the problem isn't that they didn't put other people last that deserved it. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think they did it right years before, which is there was no order. I remember there's a year Robert Williams died, and then like the fact that they have him just like randomly in the middle, kind of off guard. But it's the right way to do it because they're not they making anyone seem more important than. No, they do it in order when they died normally, or that, or alphabetical order. Like they normally go by when they died. Like well, last night I, it was in order when they died, except for Sean Connery and Bozeman, who they put at the very end. Um, because Bozeman dialed a while ago, and um, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm saying these are the pieces that set up what happened at the end and why the end looks so bad. In hindsight, is that they did they changed the category order? They put him mm. last name memoriam. They did this really fucking cringe looking NFT they gave everybody. Um, that was Bozeman with like a gold face. 
um, which I don't know if you guys, in case anyone does not have a brain out there, there's a very clear intention when you give out a gold-faced version of a person who's up for an award. And Zach, you're the one who said it yesterday when we were watching the show. It felt a little exploitive of the death of an actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it looks especially bad because Anthony Hopkins won. And I think Anthony Hopkins was better than Bozeman. That's, I think it's a better performance. Um, I am super happy for Hopkins for his win. I think he was amazing in The Father. But even as a fan of Hopkins and a little bit lower on Bozeman than some people, this was a terrible look. A look. terrible, terrible look. You can because here's the thing. If you had set this show up and you'd put him in his normal spot and Bozeman had lost to Hopkins, then we would have been able to give McDormand an award and Nomadland an award, and we would have ended with, wow, McDormand has three Oscars after acting, and Nomadland won Best Picture, and that would have been your end of your night. Except I don't know which producer did ne never thought through the possibility that Bozeman could lose and that they would have nobody to accept it, no speech to accept it, and that it would be super awkward. It was terribly planned out. And regardless of your take on the the winner and which was better performance it was just a incredibly poorly um planned out thing and then now we have to deal with the um mm -hmm. i've seen some truly stupid cherry picking takes yeah. about oh this proves the oscars are racist because they didn't give it to this person and i had to go back and be like i don't know if you guys know this only 20 percent of people who get posthumous awards win them only I believe it's two out of 11 acting ones have won. Like yeah. it is not unprecedented for somebody to lose at even posthumous. James yeah. Dean did Spencer not win either Tracy. of his Spencer Tracy. There are many famous people in history did not. Um, I think what makes this particularly egregious is the fact that you set it up to end with that result, because I don't care what you say. You cannot convince me that they set that up to just be like, we're going to do best actor last because we want best actor to be last. No, you set up best actor because you thought something was going to happen, Thank and you. it didn't happen. Um, you're probably the biggest proponent of this performance yeah. of the three of us. Yeah, I am. Uh, Obviously, start with personal feelings. Work out to um, the other ones yeah. when you can. So the thing that really bothers me about this outcome is exactly what you said, that they were building to this. And then they built themselves into a corner that now is really unfair to Hopkins. Hopkins, it's it's like the La La Land Moonlight scenario, but now mm. times 11 in an even worse negative way. Um, Hopkins' acceptance speech video this morning was super cute. Uh, it was very sweet. He's like, I'm 83 years old. I was no, There's no fucking way I was staying up for the awards, but thank you, Chadwick. I'm sorry that I took this from you, basically. And it was like, it was a very nice speech. Like, pay tribute to Chadwick. It was a very nice speech. But I... I don't think Hopkins should have won. I think Chadwick should have won. I think he was the best performance of the year. And also, I'm not that guy that goes, that believes that you should do the Oscar for career or Oscar for whatever. But in this case, even if you don't think he was the best performance of the year, to me, it's kind of weird to not give it to Bozeman in this scenario because it's the last time you're ever going to give this actor, who you clearly thought you had a lot more time with, they mm -hmm. expected to give him an Oscar in three or four years. This was supposed to be the first nomination 
that he would get and he would lose. Maybe he'd win, but he would probably lose. He'd be back in three years with another movie and probably upset there and win or win that and then win two or three more in the future. Like they thought they had time with him. Can like, I ask you, can I cut in for one second? I have a question for you that I've been thinking about. Sure. Is it possible that maybe that the audience's perspective of Chadwick because of his big superhero roles and then these smaller roles was overinflated versus what people actually thought? Because if you look at Chadwick's career, he has a lot of movies he could have been given awards for. Exactly. But he was also consistently not given awards for them, which makes right. me wonder if in hindsight, maybe Chadwick's actual place and reflection among his peers and the people voting was maybe a lot lower than what people thought. And maybe, maybe a lot of people were like, he's a talented actor. It's sad that he died. But Hopkins is better. I, I do wonder looking I, back if, if we as a if we as a if the fans had a perspective that was different than the people voting. My pushback on that then is then why did his peers at SAG overwhelmingly not just nominate him for both his performances, but overwhelmingly give him for Ma Rainey's? They nominated him for both performances. So clearly at least a portion of his peers think he was the best performance of the year. I think that the thing with Chadwick's performances is that like in 2014, he did 42 and Get On Up, um, and both were very well-received and liked. But like it was also in a year where there's Keaton and Redmayne and that was like the Red Gyllenhaal and like uh, Steve Carell and Bradley Cooper for some fucking reason. But they were like there was clearly a lot of performances they wanted to award in the years where he should have been nominated. Like he should have been nominated for Marshall in all honesty. He should have gotten into the best actor race. He's phenomenal. But again, it's also I think it's just the campaigns for some of those movies never went mm -hmm. as hard as they could have. And I think Ma Rainey's into five blows was the first time that he got the movies that get those campaigns that had the director. He had Spike Lee attached to one and Viola Davis attached to the other and Netflix backing both. I think that this was the year where like, if he had still been with us would have really made a name in the Oscar races. Now Shadwick is completely getting the nominations and will win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. And like, his death really fucking sucks. It really sucks because he is one of the best actors working, was one of the best actors working. Um, and I think he had so much more left to give. And I think this was the best performance of his career up to this point. I think it's a phenomenal final performance. And like, I, I really wish he would have won, especially because like, again, this was the last shot. And I know that's shitty. Like if you're like, if you believe Hopkins was better, then obviously vote for Hopkins, and that's obviously what happened. But, like, I still think that Bozeman was the best performance, but I also think that Bozeman – Hopkins has one. Riz will be back. Gary Oldman has one. Steven Yeun will be back. Mm -hmm. This is it for Chadwick. And I would have I would have given Chadwick the Oscar on that merit alone, and I'm not that person normally. Normally, I'm a give it to the person who deserves it, like in every category. But this was the one year where, like, even if I didn't think Chadwick deserved it, I would have still voted for Chadwick because this is it. Like, and the other thing you totally pointed out, this would have been like in 2008. They like put Heath Ledger at the end of the in memoriam, had like Joker painted shit on the Oscars, mm -hmm. like went all out, and then switched best supporting actor to the last category of the night. And then instead, Robert Downey Jr. wins for Tropic Thunder. Like it would have been an insane upset and like would have been in like brutal. The other thing that we don't realize is that Chadwick Boseman's widow flew all the way out there. So oh, yeah. the entire night. It, it's not, it's not a good move. The it, in memoriam is shit. 
the memoriam this year was way too fast, had horrible music choice, and didn't sit with any one person long enough or even play any clips of the people either. That oh, was I one mean, thing that they've always done was like give a little bit of something. Like that was the emotional gut punch that usually comes is like Robin Williams. They played a clip of him from Dead Poet Society. And that right. got that, that got me to start bawling. Um the year Stan Lee died, they literally played one of his cameos, and that got me bawling. Mm-hmm. Like Chadwick is at the end. You can play a clip from Get On Up. You can have him doing the Wakanda forever. You have so much material to play a clip for him right there and drive the point of this immortal Sorry. How the hell do you not have a clip of Sean Connery in the immortal saying Bond, James Bond? Right. Or even the Sean Connery in Indiana Jones Last Crusade. Like, there's so many iconic things that both those two had that just, they got completely shafted by this memoriam. And then she has to sit there and see the award given last to someone who's not here with no speech. That's such a horrible, like, that's got to be a fucking horrible feeling. This was just completely bungled by Steven Soderbergh and the producers. Awful. Yeah, it was a, I think it honestly, I think that's where the, the biggest complaint deserves to lie is that this was, you had a, you made a bunch of unforced errors. You did not yeah. have to change these things. You do not have to make these choices. Never move going, picture if you, were, if you were going to make these choices, you should have given Chadwick a separate award. Like that was not a traditional competitive Oscar just so you could have Guarantee that moment. It. You should not have, you should not have bet on this. Because here's the thing. I almost picked Hopkins to win this category. I was getting there. Because the buzz was starting to crest. And I do think, looking back, Bozeman had a movie that was a lot like, was not liked as much as The Father. The Father was a best picture. The Father had screenplay. And Bozeman was in a film that basically had costumes. And we sort of got tricked into thinking Viola might be a front runner. I mean, let's talk about how Viola's been nominated, not just nominated, one SAG twice now and lost both of them at the Oscars. I do think that I do think this does say one thing, which is that the actors guild and the people who are actors may appreciate the um the very play like performance. Like it is yeah. very much a of a, of a of a film play. I do think that what we're seeing is when you take it outside of this just the actors, that performance does not play as well. Because they won the SAG. Oh, they they gave they the bo- Oscar to one play over another. Yeah, so. I, I would I would argue that the father is much more dynamic. And um it's, a, it's in one apartment. It's like in one apartment the entire time. But your but reality feel, is all mixed up and you don't It doesn't like feel like a filmed yeah. play. Like I feel like you can I cannot fun. take what the father did and put it on stage. I can take what Ma Rainey's did and put it on stage. And it's essentially the same the same product. I mean, there's obviously production value that's a little different, but that Zach, doesn't bother me. But I do think that because that and one night are so traditional in this play format that they canceled out a lot of their votes, and that's what hurt it the most. Um, I, 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 um, I, I am upset by the idea that they treated this almost as a wake, which I think is like insensitive. It's profiting off yeah. grief, profiting off death. Um, it, it, it did seem like a funeral service in some ways. Uh, just so much notice put on someone. Um, would it have been weird to give him a lifetime achievement award? Is it is that like too far fetched? No, I feel like no. he can. Yeah, that would have been Imagine smart. The smart now thing to do is to leave. 
they're making up for their errors. It's going to look ridiculous if they give it to them now. The smarter thing to do was to put uh, director in between the acting categories and in between, uh, and then put a lifetime achievement thing before picture and do a tribute to Chadwick Boseman segment where you do give that montage or, or after picture. But then I also, I also think leaving it with after picture is also anticlimactic. If he had like, imagine he does win actor, then it feels like just double like, Oh, we hedged our bets. So, even if I he think didn't laugh, so. it's making it seem like the ceremony was about him and about his death, and that's yes. not what the ceremony is supposed to be right. about. I think a special mm-hmm. segment of the night being attributed to Bozeman and a, a montage of his career and a special achievement, that would have been special. That would have been smart. That would have been safe. Agreed. So. But that I do think the loss could have... Yeah. Keep, 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 Go ahead. I, well, I, saying, I do think that the loss could have been more predictable than we made it be. We kind of already made the point, but but the fact that all of the big awards went to movies that were nominated for Best Picture. They pretty much dominated. Ma Rainey's honestly is um, the only one to win one of the main awards, not kind of like um, documentary and shorts yeah. and stuff. I think it's the only one to, that that Tenet, which doesn't even count to like when that was and nominated Soul. for Best Picture. Oh, and Soul. But it's just, oh, because score, yeah. So it's just really like rare, but all the big, you know, eight were won by. Right. Um, Every single Best Picture Every single yeah. Best Picture nominee won one except for Trial, which is bullshit. He just didn't have the support that the father has him as, as you know, yeah. fans, let alone the performance. So it seemed like we could have been a little more predictive of that. I was always, like, certain that the real Davis hype was, like, a little out of nowhere. That's why I did pick Francis McDormand. I didn't really think she had a chance because of that. So it just was more widespread than I thought because also her husband. Yeah, I had I had Davis in um in our in the podcast picks, but in my other Oscar pool, I changed it to Mulligan because I was just like I don't think I, I just don't see the movie that has. I mean, if we're being honest, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as a film overall kind of disappeared from the conversation shortly after it came out. It it's mm-hmm. it's a claim was always for individual components. It was this performance, this production, this costume. It was no one ever talked about yeah. that film that that film was not talked about. On the level, yeah, that. it didn't even seem like a biggest snub of Best Picture as much as like One Night in Miami did. That always seemed like the bigger thing hanging over if didn't get the Best Picture now. Yeah, I know my rating was predicted, but it also was like, but did we need to give it a nominee? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this, it does suck because um, you don't you don't get to do the tribute that they wanted to do. Um, you're going to overshadow and create a bunch of really stupid conspiracy theories for people who are mad that Bozeman didn't win to be like, well, this is the reason rather than um, Hopkins is also very why talented. They, they flashed up. They We came back to the Oscars for three seconds after a commercial break to put up just a wall of text that explains how the Oscar voting works because they were so they scared. Know. Yeah. It is a really it, it does make the question. Should the producers know the winners will going in? No. They should have known. Yes. I think they should have yeah. I think I think for this one, okay. if you're gonna change for the category a, order, you should know that you should know that Bozeman's winning. I understand both of that. For the integrity of the award show, I say no. Because then you have it eyes on it on more people, it leaks, information gets out, it gets a little bit messy. Uh, for a show perspective that this is televised for people at home to make a good show, 
Absolutely, because then you know the order, you know the outcomes, you know what's going to make the best show in order of release. Yeah. And then they would have known, oh, yeah, let's leave it. The order is an end with picture. But they should just keep to the one given order anyway sure. because that's how it should work. That was such a do weird think, change, too. Because I was like, do you think the Academy is going to be like, don't do this again? They're going to like make it a law and they're going to oh, vote oh, on it. Yes. So they, will, they will make it a rule that you can't the change show. the order. They will I, like, make it a rule you can't change the order. Because I think yeah. here's the thing. No one was asking for this. No. no one asked them to change the order. Like there have been a lot there are, every year there are critiques, criticisms, suggestions for the Oscars. I don't think I've ever seen anyone be like, would you please change the order in which the awards you give out? Especially a picture not being last. Yeah, well, the only thing you see like is like, can you just ditch all the shorts? Nobody wants to watch it. Like that's the critique of the order. It's not can you not do picture? Picture should always be last. It was, and this time is just like the best, biggest example of like they'll never change it again because now they have an example no. of how bad it can be. I do wonder if they I'm were going to put actor less, they needed but, to figure, they needed to make sure they had a recorded speech. They needed to have something, yeah, yeah. because it was, it was, bad. it was. I mean, even if even if you are sitting there watching this award going. Man, I think Bozeman sucks. He's the worst in the category. I hope to God he doesn't win. And then he doesn't win. I don't think even that person is happy because you have to sit there, watch Joaquin Phoenix pick up an award and walk off stage and be like, peace out, everybody. The show's over. Like, which, which Coleman was some, apparently supposed to accept it on Anthony's behalf now, too. And they just ended the show. Um, yeah. It's wild. Like, I just, yeah, I, I also don't think that. Steven, I would like to film the Academy Awards on an iPhone if I could. Soderbergh will ever be allowed to produce the show again. Oh, he's banned. Like, honestly, I genuinely wonder if Steven Soderbergh makes a great movie and it's in Oscar contention if it gets snubbed because people are like, you fucked Remember that time so you badly. fucked up the Oscars? I, I do legitimately think he might have a little, he might be a little bit in the doghouse um, oh, for the Academy and the voters. He absolutely is. There's no way. Um, We've talked a little bit about oh, obviously we, we the, the discussion about best actor became a discussion with the Arrow show. Do we have any discussion any interesting points any takes about the show as a whole outside of the obvious debacle and the end and the way that went down? I hate the look of this thing at Union Station. Okay. I I, I absolutely That's miss the Golden Theater. It, it is a take. I'll be honest with you. It looked like the Golden Globes. <laughs> To me, it that did. just looked like it looked like we, I was watching the Oscars should never be the Golden Globes, and that's like, it. it's what I it's what it felt like. Watch, I was watching the Golden Globes with the way it was sat like set up and at Union Station. I'm ready for I, next year. They better be back at the Dolby for me. I it just doesn't feel like the Oscars if it's not the Dolby Theater. That just might be like a traditionalist like thought, but I, like I, I actually I agree with did you. Not like Union Station. I, I actually agree with you. I think it it looks too casual. I, I like yeah. the I, if we're gonna do the Oscars. Let's do, do the, the pomp and circumstance. Get the tuxedos out. Get the the super fancy dresses. Coleman Domingo was wearing a pink suit. I feel like Coho. Do you have takes right. on the Coleman Domingo pink suit? Fucking love that pink <laughs> suit, dude. What I'm he saying is like the fashion. It. Everyone's fashion was at Oscar level fashion, and they weren't at an Oscar level place, and that yeah. was really annoying. It was a cool ass train station. It's like when you go to away and like the Natural History Museum, and it's just rad. It's cool you're allowed to be in there when there's no one else. I think it looked great. I like them using like legit cameras and, and making it think, but I also think it was, was misleading. Cool. 
I, 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 I thought they had so much style and then the ceremony itself was still kind of so slow and like not stylized, which in a way I liked it. I just don't know if I would like the mixture of the two. The way that they presented like beforehand, they promote this as like, it's going to be a movie, there's going to be narratives. And I feel like they did the complete opposite. They made it like the most award ceremony-ish thing possible of like people just talking in earnest about each other. Um, a movie, there would have been like bits and more sets and more montages and things yeah. to create a narrative um and they avoid all that but i i like for one time just you know hearing you know people talk into the sincerity about you know what movies meant to them it was it was nice i, sure. I really love that they didn't cut off the speeches i think it's very i just i don't like that as an engagement thing it's like an ethical thing <laughs> just like I morally i think it's very important they should not be cutting off anyone's speeches this especially for the um smaller categories for the technicians that this is like their one like five seconds of fame and time to shine like give them their moment let them say their stuff we can be patient we can look at our phones if we're bored yeah. let them have their time and i love i loved that the other thing i really thought i thought the pacing was really off on this show just because like i was okay with the speeches going long but like then they also like they cut the in memoriam down to be way too way too short and way too fast with bad music choices and they cut the songs to do it like the songs were in the pre-show i watched the performances they were good i would have much rather seen that husevic performance in the middle of the oscars like the Husevic performance was awesome. I thought it was really cool. I thought I honestly thought Leslie Speak Now performance was breathtaking. And I'm really bummed that that's not like an Oscar performance moment that you can Google anymore. Like I just I think like the other thing I really miss, I will champion this forever. Bring back the goddamn clips for the categories for the acting categories. I love seeing what what moments they think are their Oscar moment. And seeing what they pick. So they say, like, Anthony Hopkins, the father. I want to see what you think was the best acting moment for Anthony Hopkins. That's one of my favorite little things that they used to oh. do where, like, you watch it and you go, what's this? Speaking of it this, doesn't let's drive talk me crazy because I've seen the movies. Let's talk, I mean, right, I did too, I want, but, like, I montages. I let's talk, let's talk about the clips for a second. Um, best Picture had some weird-ass clips. clips. The Promising Young Woman clip is – Bad choice. A, sw- a semi-forgettable moment in that film. They like, certainly not stars a- are blind. Where, why wasn't it stars are blind? Or like, oh my, like there or are the so cabin. many. The There's one a in lot. The cabin. Or, or the first one with Adam Brody. There's way better moments for Promising Young Woman to pick. I think they picked the right trial moment though. Which trial moment did they use again? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, counselor. Uh, or Would you give me a moment, friend? I've never been put on trial for my thoughts before. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, I think it's a good one. Most of them were not terrible. The, the Promising Woman just stuck out um, as being, like, a particularly weird... The Father one wasn't even really a great choice. That one was okay. Father's a hard one to pick one from because it's something that's kind of awful. Nomadland was a good choice. The Nomadland pick was a good one. Um, Minari was a Minari weird one. Minari was a weird one. Minari should have been... Minari honestly probably should have been the grandma and Alan Kim uh, when she's Maybe. when he's like, I'm not pretty, I'm ha-. like that one. That's like my favorite clip in the movie. I think it's super cute. There's like several. I said Judas is still strong. I don't lay it on the floor together. That's what Judas I was, was the right. I think Judas was the right pick. The I am yeah. a revolutionary oh, yeah. is the best scene in the movie. That was probably the best of the clips that they it picked. Sound, sound was of Metal was the best one. That they picked the, the right one for Sound of Metal also. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. It was a great choice. Um, um I just missed the Oscar clips. Bring back the, like, I want to see what you thought Paul Racy's best moment was. Just because, like, for me, I always had fun comparing that clip to what I think their best moment is. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the same, then always being like, well, what do you think is the best clip sort of thing? 
Yeah. I, I brought right. this idea up to Lucas essay, but I was run this by YouTube co-host. But before Best Picture, being that this is supposed to be a celebration of the whole movie year and not just the movies that are nominated. Yeah. There should be like a five minute plus montage of a bunch of scenes from all the movies that came out I agree. in twenty twenty. I agree. And that, not just nominated films. I think the thing that they tried they tried to do that last year with the Janelle Malone or Janelle Monet performance, mm-hmm. which is awful. Like the weirdest fucking thing I'd ever seen. I think you're right. Just do a montage of all the big movies. From Hire last David Ehrlich. Yes, get David Ehrlich. Ehrlich. Yeah. Let David Ehrlich <laughs> do one. It would be awesome. He could use the music from the movies of that year. It would be into really cool scenes. Yeah. I honestly, I, and I will say, as my final thoughts in the ceremony, we've talked about a lot of the things. I would say going forward, I would hope that people realize that the Oscars are a niche thing. Stop trying to make. You need to stop pretending that this is a show for everyone. It doesn't need to be a show for everyone. This is a bunch of film nerds voting on an award show. Like, this is film nerdum. Because here's another thing. It's not the movies that the average person watches. These are film nerd movies. You have to be a specific type of watcher. You have to be willing to watch specific indie movies and movies with maybe darker subject material. This is not the come to the – like, they'll have a couple souls. They'll have a tenant. They're not going to have... They'll have an know, Avengers Endgame. They'll, right, they'll, ha- they'll have some of them, but for the Black majority... Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody were anomalies. That doesn't happen true. often. But that's very rare. And even like if you look at the percentage, um, no average person has seen the docs. Nobody has seen the shorts. Nobody has seen no. the foreign films. But just like lean into what you can be. Yeah. We know ratings are going to go down. And here's the thing. I'm just going to tell you this right now, Academy. You can make all the steps in the world to try to grab the average person who sees four movies... And you will get this rating. And you can do the film nerd show, and you will get exactly the same rating. People don't watch award shows anymore. It's just a fact. So just make the show for the people who are going to love the show. Make all your film nerds and the film writers enjoy the show at the end. Have a bunch of montages. Celebrate why people love film. Let the, let all the performers talk about the first movie they saw in theaters. Let them talk about the first movie their dad showed them. Let them talk about the first movie their mom showed them. Let people just talk about what makes film great. Why all these people have spent years potentially struggling and making no money and working you know crap jobs to try to get a chance at the Oscars. I mean, a lot of the people, especially this year, and especially as we get more diverse, people like freaking Paul Racy. This is a dude who has like two episodes on Parks and Rec. This guy is like, this guy has been, this is a working actor. This is a dude who's like, who books his three episodes of TV a year. This is, yeah. this is, that is not a glamorous life. That is not a fun life. You keep doing that. You do that for 20 years because you love this shit. I want to find out why, like what made you love film in the first place? Lean into the nerd shit. Paul Rice is probably a film nerd. He wouldn't be working as a small timer in <laughs> movies and TV for 20 years. If he didn't absolutely adore this shit, you know, like, like let's, let's lean into that. I mean, there's so many people there. Like Coleman's another one who is just kind of like, just kind of a run of the mill. Everybody, British actor doing some little bit of TV little film yeah. and then a couple of years ago wins an Oscar. I mean, like yeah. I, I want, let's lean into film nerd and let's lean into why these people just adore the shit. Um, and you know what, if people want to engage with the movies, uh, people outside of film nerd will engage with the movies. You're never going to get most people because you're not going to nominate 17 blockbusters and, you know, for, teen romance films from Netflix. They're never going to nominate them anyway, so you're not going to reach most people. Lean into your target audience. You know what it is. 
make that show for them, yeah. make them love it. Also, please, dear God, never change the order of the categories again. Never do that again. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was really negative on the Oscars, so I will say one of my favorite moments was when they just randomly debuted the West Side Story teaser. <laughs> that was cool. That was it. Is West Side Story going to win more Oscars for a movie that's already won Oscars? Maybe. What can can Rita Moreno win two Oscars for the same movie? I feel like She's honestly, not in it very much, right? She probably has like no, one but they, they, for a second. People they created love an entirely Moreno. new role for her to be in this <laughs> yeah. movie. I can see her at least getting nominated for being in West Side Story again. Rita Moreno's um, popularity, her plus minus, is super fucking high. People yes. love Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno's like, <laughs> she's up there with the most popular people. Hey, <laughs> she can also sort of get nominated. She's a documentary that people really love coming out as well about her. That's true. Listen, That's true. there's so many great musicals coming out next year <laughs> that are going to all cancel each other out. And that makes me so mad because In the Heights, West Side Story, Dear Evan Hansen, Tick, Tick, Boom are all going to be phenomenal. And they're yeah, all going to cancel each other fucking out. I do think the one one that will not get so that is West Side because of Spielberg. That I think in the been, I think in the Heights is going to be pretty big. It's going to be interesting. That could be really interesting because it has it, it has a name as a musical, but does not have a name cast or I director. Name, the, it has really it now. no Miranda is enough of a name. Okay, you need, I know, I and he's I, in the movie for one scene. I think that will give it play. I don't know if that big. makes it huge. I I'm just saying the the grandma and in the Heights seriously consider her for your way too early best supporting actress ballots because she won the Tony for a reason. She's really fucking good. Yeah. They brought her back for a reason. She's really fucking we, good. We're actually pretty excited for this movie. We plan on talking about it on the pod. We're pretty we may have built a month around it. Um, oh, yeah. We may have built a month around it. Fingers <laughs> crossed for Ben Platt. Best actor 2022. <laughs> um, before we go, I want to do one thing that will be stupid and completely uh -huh. pointless and will not mean anything, but... Sure. Way too early. Best picture winner of 2022 is. I, I said mine. I forgot the name of it. I can go first. I said, um, I said Stillwater, the Tom McCarthy film, with a slight nod to. I think there's a real chance that Ridley Scott either House of Versace or The Last Duel. Well, that would be my. That would be a couple couple of winners. I'm going to say mine before Carlos steals mine because I had this earlier. It's all I have because I don't know what's coming out. I'm going to go right. with Don't Look Up or Don't Look – is that what it's called? Nah, I don't know. Adam, yeah. The Adam McKay movie just because I say the – it seems like the Academy wants to give shit to Adam yeah. McKay. They just haven't found the right reason. Right. And you have Leo in it, so you have all the acclaim you need. All right, Cole. Call it. I'll buy into it. I'll say In the Heights. In the Heights. Best picture okay. 2022. Ooh. In the Heights is going to be a massive fucking crowd pleaser. Gets the nomination. It's so different from everything you've ever seen. It looks visually great. People are going to love it. It's going to get the acting nominations. Also, I'll just call – I'll give my way too early actress. Jennifer Hudson has that respect movie coming out. She's going to win. Go for it. Interesting. I don't know. There's a Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah, coming out. There's a lot of. I, I'm excited for this Oscar season more. I think because this Oscar season to me is a complete fucking bungle because it was way too long. They included two months of 2021 that they should not have included. Judas benefited from it. To be honest, no. for next year, I think Judas would have come out in December. I think they were. Oh, they would have moved it to December and it would have been just as big. But yeah, like, I I, so. I I think this year's Oscar season is going to be a lot more normal in terms of like. Oh yeah, the absolutely. run. And the movies in it, I think, are going to be better. Yeah. So I think I mean, this is going to be a great Oscar season. 
the festival is going to be back, which also adds to the oh, buzz yeah. and the, the hype for when you have con, you have you have, you have Toronto at somehow very normal. As I do think it's going to be fast. It's going to be fascinating. There's a lot of movies out there that have huge premises, huge directors, huge actors. And the real question is, how many of those things bomb? Because let's be real. If we look at a list of those big ones, one of them is going to be truly utter trash. Because it always happens when you have that many ones. And the real question at this point, and it's going to be interesting to watch, is just like, I don't know. Does Ridley Scott, can Ridley Scott make a great movie anymore? Is, you know, is Otter to Arm is going to be able to play Marilyn Monroe? There's a lot of stuff out there that could really hit or really miss. And the it's going other- to be a good the other wild take to throw out there is Shoot. they love Lin Manuel Miranda, love him. Okay. That will trans—that's going to translate into in the Heights love. I think it'll also translate into Tick Tick Boom love, especially no. if he if he directs that movie well. Best director nomination for Lin Manuel Miranda. I know nothing about that movie. That title is horrendous and stupid. I refuse I'll to tell you, any of my. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is Jonathan Larson's musical he made right before rent it's his passion project it's lynn's favorite go. musical lynn's directing it for a reason it has andrew garfield and vanessa hodges as the two leads um and bradley whitford uh playing steven sondheim a lot of faith in someone who has not directed i know i'm i'm, what I'm saying is i'm saying i'm putting my faith in who the academy clearly okay. adores and if if tick tick boom is even 60 percent well directed and good I this can see them being like Lemon Wall Miranda best friend. This is a this is, is there a good any point. names in it? Who's in this? Anyone that Andrew matters? Garfield, Vanessa Hodges, Bradley Whitford are the three big names. Okay, got it. Interesting. All right. Does Andrew um, Garfield sing? Apparently. Who knows? It looks great. There's like three clips of it in Netflix's big like movies of the year package, and it looks great. So interesting. It's always interesting to see what happens when you take like the name star and you're like, can he actually do this? Or are you gonna have to auto tune the fuck out of him if to make Garfield him sound Crow, like Russell Crowe's this? I'll be mad. He, he legitimately might though. He's he's he that type of uh, star. Um, I think we're gonna call it. Yeah, we did. We talked the Oscars. It was a crazy year. Um, I beat Coho by one point for the best. God damn it! Thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Thank you to Sound of Metal winning film editing. Um, so at some point, I will we will do a commentary based on a film of my choice. Um, you didn't come prepared. Fun. It should have been the announcement. You should have it ready. You don't no, no, no. It, it's coming later. It's coming later. I really I, wanted to make you fuckers watch Jonah VeggieTales with me. <laughs> I was going to make you guys watch a 51,000 minute long student film. Oh, we're going to watch OJ Made in America all, all as a group. Eight that hours. sounds way better than this 51,000 minute long student film. Um, except Zach reminded me that I had to also watch it. And then I was like, I don't know if I want to spend 51,000 minutes with either of you two on the call. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like I feel like let's be real. If we spent fifty-one thousand minutes on a call straight, not only would we all fall asleep, but we would definitely have one massive blow-up fight in the middle of it. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> There'd be one fisticuffs. It's watching a for like days. I think that's all it is. You know, exactly. it's legitimately like it's like it's like I don't think it's even. It's called logistics. It's not even. It's not even narrative. It's one of those like. They like set up a camera and just water. Fifty-one half. Coho's watching his life go before his eyes. Oh. Imagining <laughs> we would get to, we would have to like force each other to stay awake so that yeah. by like f- minute forty-nine thousand nine hundred and eighty-two, one of us just goes full Jack Nicholson of The Shining. I think it'd be fun well, though. Okay. We can all get like symbols. We can play symbols. Whole thing, um, because this is like days upon days. <laughs> Dude, I have energy drinks. I can stay awake for a while. Let's I've done go. like... I'm, I'm, I'm an like, insomniac. Let's do this. I've done like 56 hours in a row awake before. It was not healthy, um, but I could probably do it again. 
well, we're not doing this. We're not doing logistics though. I will figure something out. I will make you guys watch something okay. probably terrible, potentially involving killer animals. <laughs> Wait for Moose Jaws. I'll watch Moose Jaws. Moose Jaws. Yeah, I'll watch Moose Jaws. Make Coho watch his favorite movie of all time, The Meg again. Fuck. <laughs> I'm telling you. By the way, you everyone else excited? Dominic for... Megredo. You don't know me. You're a bad Meg... The Meg 2 Best Picture campaign. Excited yeah. for that? Touched off with you. Yeah. I'm going to push that movie really hard. I'm going to go to Academy Voters' house and make them watch it. <laughs> it's... It's like it's like the it's like the guy the the droogs, but like instead of like actual awful shit, you just make them sit there and watch it like too. Push the button. Push the button. <laughs> um, we have uh, I think all gone crazy because we watched oh, an Oscar ceremony. That was uh, you know, a little wacky. Awful. Awful. But um, thank you, Coho, for returning. Uh, for somehow managing to do two podcasts while driving sixteen hours between them. Yeah, I literally <laughs> drove sixteen hours between the two podcasts. <laughs> So, like, some serious dedication. Um, thank you, Zach, for coming here. I'm sorry you did not win an Oscar. I'm sorry you're sad. I'm next um, year. I'm going to catch up today. Like he can't beat me. Technically, you get, like, an honorary award for my Octopus teacher, because that just feels like a you movie. That is correct. The Octopus uh, It is based on my true story. I am at least still um, Are you kind the of Radcliffe, who's also my same age. He hasn't passed me up. There you go. Yeah, but he is like a cajillion error from movies he made as a child. So. However, the octopus is also the same age as me, and the octopus is now being me, that motherfucker. <laughs> and with that being said, congratulations to an octopus teacher and to Octopi Worldwide. You have an Oscar, and Peter O'Toole doesn't, um, which is really just saying that um, if we'd done Lord of, Lawrence of Arabia with an octopus, it clearly would have won more awards. Um, <laughs> Um, good night, everybody. Uh, thank you for watching. Enjoy the regular oh, content wow. coming. Um, we've got uh, Barbara Stendick month coming up. Enjoy that. Peace yeah. out, folks.